Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Regime, your system to success and the most succinct fantasy Premier League podcast on the market. I'm joined again by your fantasy extraordinaire, Damon Markon. Damon, how are you going? Yeah, real good, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me back uh, on a bit of a high after another pretty solid game week. So um, yeah, good to be here again. And it was a game week where we saw the big dogs step up to the plate again, your likes of Manchester United, Manchester City. Chelsea got another three points on the board. And it was Leicester again who faulted. Well, it depends if what you consider faulting. Leicester were quite good at home last season, but I think they'd be pretty happy with a a point at home to Arsenal, albeit in the uh, dull and boring fashion of a nil-nil. But yeah, as you said, Chris, uh, most of the big teams were pretty pretty good this week. I think Man City back to their very best. Pep has them uh, looking like a well-oiled machine. Besides Liverpool, I think were the only big team to to drop points. Um, Spurs nicked the goal late, but yeah, it was a, quite an interesting uh, game week. Uh, and uh, look, the season's shaping up nicely, I think. And another one of those big teams that got it done was I Love Miller. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty happy with this week, actually, Wom. Look, I think for for the for people that had most of the big hitters out there, it was pretty successful. So obviously with Ibrahimovic and Aguero leading my front line, it was a good start to the week. I captained Aguero, so ended up with 26 from him. Ibrahimovic scored 13, and Andre Gray hit the scoreboard for the first time this year, and chimed in with another 10 points so those don't bring th- that up again please yeah I know you did get rid of him on those three as well as Luke Shaw pretty much like the, they carried my team this week I think my whole midfield just about blanked and I really have no luck with the clean sheets down back at the moment but I did manage to score 75 points which took my ranking up to around 80k overall and uh, moved me up to sixth overall in the fantasy regime classic league so pretty happy with that to start the season yeah, last week you mentioned I'm a slow starter and true to form. Boy, oh boy, am I getting out of the block slowly. I've benched McCauley twice to start the season, which is just very frustrating. Traded out Andre Gray in favor of Long. I mean, it seemed logical to me at the time. You look at Long's upcoming fixtures. Let me just get them up here. We've got Sunderland at home, Swansea at home, and West Ham in the next four. I mean, it looked better than Gray yeah, at the and time. Andre Gray does have Chelsea this week as well, yeah, but I don't think anybody predicted Liverpool to... Uh... Let that happen, albeit it was at it was at Burnley's home ground, but yeah, Liverpool Turf having more. a cloth above. Yeah, correct. So uh, what, what are you going to do? What did, you end, up, game, what did you end up scoring there, Wom? I ended up scoring a measly sixty-one, and my overall rank is eight hundred seventeen thousand. I don't even think I'm fit to host this podcast. So not a current not, not a shocking score. I think Ibrahim is the real difference there, and you are one to fade the big guys. It's just really uh, nipped you in the butt yet again. And I'm going to continue to fade him just for a little while longer. I don't want to play my wild card just yet, and it's going to be too hard to shuffle around players to get him in right now, which is what you warned me in our preseason show. Correct. I was about to bring that up. Look, that was the whole thing with the Ibrahimovic. I think a lot of people that don't have him are really scrambling right now to get him in, working away to shuffle around their team to uh, fit him in, which is why I think starting with him was the safe thing to do. I did not expect him to start with such a bang. I thought maybe he'd try with one, one or two goals max. But, yeah, it's been a really promising start, and I think – with the fixtures ahead, I'll, I'll be hiding behind the couch for the Manchester United games without Ibrahimovic in your side. And he just proved his class with that header against Southampton that broke the deadlock. I mean, to generate that much power off a standing start was pretty astonishing. Yeah, look, I think that's the big thing about, about Zlatan. Look, he might not have a whole lot of the ball at his feet, but um, he's just a real chance taker. and he doesn't, need, he doesn't need a second chance. He just puts it in the back of the net. And it was quite interesting to see that he, he did take a penalty as well, I think. Um, he called rank over Wayne Rooney, the captain of the club, and said, look, I'm taking the pen, and he just slotted it away in emphatic fashion. So I think knowing that he's on now on pens with these new 
um, rules around the Premier League about, about grabbing in the box off corners that we saw in that Stoke City and, and uh, Manchester City game. I think um, penalty takers are even more vital than ever. So Zlatan is definitely at the very top of my watch list for those that don't have him. He, he, he looks like he could rival Kun for the highest score in the game. And just while we're on this Man United v Tottenham game, there are a couple more Man United players that tickle my fancy because obviously they are looking really dominant to start this campaign. Anthony Martial, he looked pretty lively on that left wing. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he did look it did look quite lively. And I think the interesting thing about that that whole left side of the Manchester United um, lineup is we touched on Antonio Valencia being a good attacking option from the right side of the field. Now, Paul Pogba lined up in the double pivot, but on the, lot, the left side of the pitch, which meant that because he had so much ball at his feet, he was distributing to the likes of Luke Shaw, who was coming in from left back, and Martial that plays at that left midfield, left wing role. So those guys look like they may see a little bit of an upturn in production based on the fact that Pogba will be starting pretty much every game you'd feel and you'd assume. So I would be watching those two guys very closely as a Luke Shaw, and I was quite happy to see Pogba lining up on that side of the pitch. Yeah, I haven't actually seen a heap of Pogba in the past, but I was really impressed He's just a powerful, powerful man yeah, just for a man on, of that age, isn't just, he? I think we should just touch on Pogba on a fantasy Premier League level real quick. Look, um, obviously, he's not at the top of my Manchester United assets to own. I don't. I think you feel the same one. He's, he's going to be a massive pass-to-assist kind of guy, I think. It looked like that on on the weekend. He was you know, getting a lot slightly. of ball. A, a real yeah. Yaya Torre-type role in years gone past. Obviously, he'll, he'll chime in with goals and assists, no doubt. But I just think um, Shaw's Latan, and if you can afford to go up to Martial... I think they, uh, they look like the better options right now. And another man who had a little cameo in the other side of Manchester, Manchester City, Melito, came off the bench to score two against the lowly Stoke. Yeah, now, I don't know if... Did you see his goals? They were quite right time, uh, right place at the right time. They did, were pretty yeah. much Yeah, pretty much tap-ins for the both of them when uh, Stoke City you know, tied legs. Quite and, fortuitous yeah, goals. Yeah, I wouldn't really read a whole lot into them, but Aguero, on the other hand, did look really, really good. Um, I think that header that he scored was class, and we did talk about last week uh, whether or not he would still be on penalties after missing two midweek, and he did tucked away his penalty in the first, what was it, 10 minutes or so, Warm, so no doubt about who's on penalties down there, so I think Aguero, again, going to stake his claim as a captaincy option just about every week, the most fish-to-proof player in the game, can score against anybody. Pep came out during the week and said, if he's confident, I'm confident. So, yeah. And we all know the Corden does not lack confidence, so he just stepped up and banged it in. Yeah, it's quite uh, still a bit disappointing because I know we both own John Stones there, Wombat, and no clean sheets through the first two for Manchester City against Sunderland. I don't so. know even John Stones. You don't own John Stones? Well, that's, I didn't know that I had a differential over you there. But, um, yeah, I think we would have expected um, City to keep a clean sheet in the first two, but uh, in typical City form, no company, no clean sheet. So... We hope that Stones could actually return something, but um, I don't think. Well, you good. do. I personally I would like do. to see his demise after leaving. Yeah, I definitely do. What, what do you think about Stoke? Warm? Um, te- usually not an easy place to travel to uh, and pick up an emphatic result like four-one. Uh, what do you think about them? I don't think you can read a heap into it. I mean, they were facing Manchester City. They just looked really out of their depth there. Arnautovic really struggled to get into the game. Yeah, and he's really their focal point. And yeah. they didn't have Shakiri obviously, with that injury. So that were really no chance yeah. going up against City in this one. Yeah, I think when you fall behind early to a class act like those guys, it's usually pretty hard to come come back from. And in the other game, we have Swansea 0 plays Hull 2. A little bit of a left-of-centre pick. Hernandez put one in the back of the net. We won't touch on this game too long. It's not entirely fantasy relevant. But is there anything that sparked your interest here? Um, well... 
Whilst we're whilst we're on Hull, I think um, your unique of the week last week, uh, Robert Snodgrass, Wombat, um, he has looked like a real class act um, in that Hull City lineup. I think he was real stiff not to draw a penalty, which was looked like a clear penalty in that Swansea game. But um, Hull a little looked, stiff. Look, yeah, that's we, a little bit of an understatement. It was a definite penalty. Snodgrass was robbed, but um, yeah, Hull City looking like they're maybe a chance to stay up six points to start the season. I don't think anybody would have picked that. Still, obviously, need to bring in some players, but um, if they can continue this uh, this form and, and keep a couple of clean sheets, uh, I think fantasy relevance might you know pick up a little bit. But yeah, for the time being, I'm not really looking too much at those guys. I think a lot of people banked on um, Swansea keeping a clean sheet, maybe Sigurdsson owners that that he would maybe would score against Hull, but um, yeah, not a massively fantasy relevant game. I thought you were about to start leading into a real Leicester City style story there from the whole city. No, uh, that that's completely off the cards. That I, I think they were even further back than a thousand to one, to be honest. Yeah, that's outrageous. Um, do Do you want to touch on quickly a, a game that was a little bit fantasy relevant? Um, Burnley Liverpool. Now, a lot of we did touch preseason on a lot of uh, people owning Andre Gray, and it was nice to see as an owner myself to, to see him get on the scoreboard. Um, a little bit of a lucky assist as well for the first goal where Vokes netted from 35 yards out. But then a real that was clinical, a rocket. Yeah, a real clinical finish on, on a counter-attack to net his first goal for the season. So that was positive to see that. And I know a lot of people own Hayden between the sticks, so those owners will be happy to see his first clean sheet of the year. But on the Liverpool front, I know there is a heap of uh, Roberto Firmino owners out there that are very, very frustrated um, as an owner about a lack of returns from him. So... You don't own Firmino, do you, Wombi? Well, I did, but we'll go into it a bit later in the show. I actually just transferred Firmino out to what will be a pretty consensus trade this week, I think. Well, it'll be interesting to see who you transferred that to. Now, on the topic of guys that you weren't happy with, uh, we're going to move on to the Spurs-Crystal Palace game. Now, I did see quite a little bit of this game as I am a Christian Eriksen owner and I was quite interested to see how he fared after what was a disappointing game week one, and he was just as disappointing this week. I don't think he created much for that uh, Spurs outfit, and it was quite interesting to see that Jansen actually led this line with Harry Kane, another, another player that tech always starts slow. Harry Kane played in a bit of a number 10 role, so I'm not sure what the owners of Harry Kane out there are thinking about that, but I'll be very, very worried with that um, that role. And as an Ericsson owner, I am just about ready to jump off him this game week. Yeah, he didn't look really promising. I mean, you've got Lamela starting to take a few of those set pieces as well, which really yeah, that, depreciates his value even more. For those that did start with with Eric Lamela, I think they've really hit the jackpot there. He looks like the pick of the Spurs guys. Obviously, Dali Ali, for those of you that were watching and following along, um, didn't actually start the game, started on the bench and came on at about the 65-minute mark for Ericsson, who was subbed off. Ali actually looked quite promising when he came on, but if he's going to come off the bench, he's not really one to own in fantasy Premier League. So... In the attacking half of the Spurs pitch, I think that Lamela is definitely the pick. Though the defensive half of the Spurs team does look rock solid as always. Um, your likes of Alderweireld and and particularly Kyle Walker looked very strong coming off of that uh, right fullback position. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't owned by more teams coming into the season. Uh, Walker, he's pretty good. Solid pick back there, isn't he? Yeah, and just to touch on um, Crystal Palace real quickly now. For those of you that aren't following along with the transfer news, they have signed Christian Benteke, um, formerly of Villa and Liverpool. So he has does have quite extensive pedigree in the league. Scored a lot of goals for Aston Villa a couple of seasons ago. So it'll be interesting to see how he slots in there. And he may be one to watch in the upcoming game week. And not only himself, I think that he'll definitely help the likes of uh, Andros Townsend, Wilfred Zaha, 
uh, and these guys with, with their crosses that could provide assists to Benteke as he's uh, quite good in the air. Yeah, hopefully he's that guy that can become the perennial striker they've been searching for for quite a long time. They do have quite an easy fixture. I know a lot of guys that I know and a lot of guys in a lot of my leagues do have uh, Andros Townsend just because they thought that Palace might uh, net a couple goals, get off to a decent start, but it just hasn't been that way to start the season. From one big Belgian to another, I made my move from Andre Gray to Romelu Lukaku and Vinegar in the wounds. Lukaku didn't start, but Morales netted, Barry netted, and it was 2-1 for the Toffs. I didn't know that Gareth Barry scored goals. He doesn't. There was a real perfect uh, That, that would have to be the first in about two years. I just don't think he scored goals. I, he, I think pretty sure he's picked up more cards in his career than he has goals. But, yeah, that was quite an interesting result. You did, uh, your, your Toffs did uh, fall behind early to a Gareth McCauley goal before they uh, managed to make their way back into the game. And it was interesting to see that Kuman quickly reshuffled that lineup, sub Lukaku in really early in the game. I think it was around the 30th minute. So... Willing to take some risks and play an attacking formation with Everton. And I think going forward, they're going to be a really good attacking team to pick yeah. midfielders and forwards from. Yeah, I think you're right there. I do like a lot of these uh, Everton forward assets. Uh, I think Kevin Morales, very inconsistent. Like um, Yannick Bellassi, that did come on and show quite a lot. These guys on, on the wings as well, Jared Delefeu, could prevent, uh, provide a lot of value. But I think for me, the guy that intrigues me the, roast, the most, along with uh, Lukaku, is Ross Barkley, obviously has been around for quite a while now and, and does prove to be quite a decent FPL player. Likes to get on the end of things. And was he taking a couple of set pieces there in that game? I think he was, wasn't he, Wombat? He does take a few set pieces. Obviously, we saw him score in game week one, courtesy of yeah. a bit of a fortuitous and I think free he had, kick. He had a real good chance to score again when Balassi came on that put it on a platter for him, but just scuffed his lines a little bit. So I think um, a lot of people are jumping on him this week. Um, so we, we want to watch. Uh, I don't mind him, actually. We might have, We might have to touch on him a little bit later. And at the other end of the park, McCauley scored for his second consecutive week. Did he score in game week one? I think he did. No, I didn't score. Got not not just a clean bonus, sheet dude. and yeah, a couple of bonus points. So, you know, Tony Pulis, for those of you that don't know him well enough, I don't know him on a personal level, but I've seen enough of his philosophy to know that <laughs> oh, you know, Tony Pulis, real man. defensive-minded guy. So West Brom defensive assets, along with their uh, set pieces, Pulis loves a set piece. So and He's um, a big man. Yeah, McCauley, yeah. If you, if, if you haven't got Foster in goals, definitely look at McCauley or another West Brom defender, um, Johnny Evans, something like that, just to because um, they're going to keep clean sheets and they have an easy run. And speaking of goal-scoring defenders, I think his name's Kapu. Kapui, you're the pronunciations man. Two Et- in two weeks. Etienne Kapu. Now, he's actually a midfielder one. In the uh, game? Yeah, he's a, he's a midfielder in the game. Priced at 4.5. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think many people would have predicted this. I think... He had a pretty good preseason form, but to score two in two games is quite outstanding. Costa also scored two in two games. So, look, we, we don't love Diego Costa around these parts. Could arguably be sent off in both of these games, I think. Well, uh, took a little bit of a dive outside the penalty box and probably could have picked up another yellow card on another day, I think, on the weekend. But it's only a ticking your time bomb, I think, with Diego. But um, we did see uh, Eden Hazard pick up an assist in that game. So we both have Eden Hazard, Wombi. So... Both just pretty, continues to tick over the yeah, points, which is, which is what, what you want like from him last year. Very consistent. So goal in game week one, you know, just ticking over the points, which is nice. And uh, Mishi Batshui off the bench and to score and knock in Hazard's shot to uh, pick up his first goal of the season. So more Belgians getting it done in the Premier League. Yeah, again, I think it was another another game where Chelsea probably could have kept the clean sheet on other games. That Capu shot was like a real top notch class goal. Um, bet beat Courtois at his near post. So. Still think that Chelsea defence might be worth investing in 
uh, when they get it together, they've been a little bit unlucky, I think, at the moment. And points came in defence from the Leicester Arsenal game, which is a complete dull nil-nil draw. I didn't actually watch any of this game, so you want to take the lead on this I, one? I didn't watch a whole lot of it either. I watched a little bit of the first half and then and then turned it off. It wasn't really a whole lot of uh, enticing action going on. I think with these teams, both have such great attacking options. They just both decided to just you know play it safe and just not not concede. Which after Arsenal conceded four last week, we thought maybe it'd be goal fest again. But um, I think. The big thing to take out of this was um, Riyad Mahrez did look really good. I think um, obviously he signed a big deal in in the in the week, so I think his uh, transfer um, speculations behind him now. So he has his mind on the job and uh, looked good in the week. Uh, Sanchez played at striker again, which I didn't think really suited him. I think he needs Ozil back in that side and and play off your likes of Giroud. So if you, had, if you were a Sanchez owner, I might be looking at getting off at this point. But, um, you know, Hector Ballerin, another three bonus points. I know he's one of your favourites, Wom. So good to see him back in the point section. Yeah, and, I'm a big Hector Ballerin man, the Spanish bullet. Yeah, and, and as a Morgan owner, I did have him on the bench for this week. So I was quite disappointing, but I don't think I expected uh, Leicester to keep a clean sheet on the weekend. Yeah, that's a fair call. And onto a game which I did watch a bit of. Sunderland won, Middlesbrough two. Your man Defoe was in it, unlucky not to score. Yeah, had a good chance. I was quite disappointed that my unique of the week didn't get off the mark. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but I'm falling a little bit behind, behind you, Womp. Did have t- I did have two plays in this game. You're a George friend owner, I think, I believe, Wombi. You are? Yeah, correct. He was on my park too. Yeah, was on my park as well. And I also have Gaston Ramirez, and he got subbed off. Karanka bought him off at 59 minutes now. You were fuming. I, I was fuming, look. Um, he looked. I thought he looked good. Was in a lot of the play, a lot of pass to assist action going on. So not only did he lose the the one point for coming off before the sixty minute mark, he also lost the one midfielder clean sheet point. So I was quite ropeable with that. But um, Barra did look good, and one Alvaro Negredo looked really good. I thought um, we we tossed we turned a little bit. Did out. speak a few teams off him. Yeah, we, we talked a few teams out of him early. We did. And Stuani was yeah. a bit of a lucky assist there because Stuani put in a I massive. I think what turned the turned us off in the grado was the fact that Karanka likes to rotate and tinker a lot, and we didn't know if it was him or Rhodes that was going to start. So it was a lot of speculation what was going on, and he has stuck true to form and has rotated a little bit. But Negredo has held his spot at the uh, top of that Middlesbrough line, and he looks good. I think he's rose in price a little bit already, but um, looks the pick of the six point five midfielders at the moment. I think. And for Sunderland, the perennial goal scorer from defence, Van Arnholt, yeah, puts yeah, one in the back of the net. Yeah, You're a, high on him. I love Patrick Van Arnholt. Like, obviously, as a defender, he's not the best defender, but going forward, whew, he loves to get forward. Real attacking-minded player. And I think if when Sunderland's fixtures do turn a little bit, although they might not keep a whole a lot of clean sheets, he's good for five goals a season. So, yeah, big Patrick Van Arnholt, man. And then on to the final game, which was West Ham-Bournemouth. Mikel Antonio scored very late to give West Ham the three points. Now, I think we owe uh, a massive fantasy Premier League asset a, a little bit of a thanks here. Now, Eden Hazard against Mikel Antonio last game week, in game week one, gave him an absolute pasting, gave him a bath. Antonio could not control Hazard. It got to the point where Slavin Bilic actually had to sub him off. Then Antonio came out in the week and said, look, I want to play a little bit further at the pitch. I don't like playing fullback. And then... With uh, Lanzini and Faguli and Payet all injured, uh, Bilic actually gave him, um, you know, gave him his wish. Played him a little bit up the park, and it was a classic Mikel Antonio headed goal at the far post. Another heading goal. I think he scored six of his seven goals in the Premier League last year with his head. So look, if he plays at that advanced, you know, right midfield role, he's definitely one to consider. I think. But um, 
Yeah, West Ham looked good again. Maybe not as convincing as it had like. Obviously, a lot of injuries down at West Ham. New stadium, but a one 0 win. That's enough for me to uh, to think they'll be be good to see again this season. Is that enough question? Is that enough cause for questioning with Antonio though? Are those players to come back in? He's probably not going to stay in that deep lying role. I think honestly, I think that he's going to make him. He's going to earn that position. Like I, I see him being there for the rest of the season. I think that. If West Ham go out and buy another defender or, or another fullback, I think he may just push up to that right midfield role. He looks so strong there. He's such a powerful guy that you know your standard other you know, fullbacks he, he outpowers them. He can get to the far post and score goals. So I wouldn't be surprised if he stays there. I'm not sure how long Lanzini is out for and when he's returning. And same with Fagouli, but um, I think for the next couple of weeks at least he'll play there and he could re- reap some rewards for owners. One thing that is here to stay, Damon, is the fantasy regime. We've had a massive growth in our first five episodes. I think we're up about 250% in our listeners. Um, I'm going to give our social channels a quick plug. Big stats, man. Big stats, man. The fantasy (laughs) regime on Twitter, at the fant regime. Like us on Facebook. Uh, We are pretty active on Twitter, so make sure you send us a line. Ask us to rate your team. Happy happy to uh, uh, rate your team. We get a lot of, uh, you know, should I make this transfer? What should I do this week? We're happy to answer those questions and happy for just a discussion about anything uh, Premier League related or, or football related in general, I think, Juan. Correct. And we have had a great uptake on our fantasy regime league as well. So pinned to the top of our Twitter page is the link to the league. It's not too late to join, is it, Damon? Never too late to join. The points will carry over. So if you want to play Wombat, myself, and some of our more experienced uh, friends um, and, and members of the community feel free to join the league at any point correct now to give you that little boost heading into game week three let us zip around some news around the league first of all Sadio Mane likely to play game week three Olivier Giroud and Mazut Ozil probably not ready need another week there so just hold off if you are considering them Neil Taylor will make his first start for Swansea after the Euros had a little bit of a layoff period there Romelu Lukaku and Balassi and Williams are all set to play for the in the League Cup this week. So probably highly likely that they'll make a start in the Premier League if they're making a start there in the League Cup. Would you think, Damon? Yeah, I think Lukaku definitely would. He's shown that he's got enough endurance. And I'd probably say the same for Ashley Williams too. Generally, centre-backs can play two games in a week if they're fit. Correct. Uh, Jordan Shakiri, a bit more of a wait and see there. He's unlikely to start in the Cup this week. If you missed the news on Carroll... You've probably been living under a rock fantasy-wise, but he's out four to six. Uh, Payet and Lanzini should be okay by game week three. Should be okay to start. They're a bit dubious for well, the that, cup. That answers my question then, doesn't it, Juan? Maybe uh, Mikel Antonio will slot back into that uh, right fullback position after all. Correct. And that just about wraps up my news around the grounds. What do you make of that, Damon? Yeah, well, the big one was uh, Lanzini and Payet. Um, I think that does affect Mikel Antonio a little bit. It depends really on what... I think Slavin Bilic has said that he wants to go out and get a couple of players as well as a striker now with um, Diafra Sacco and now Carroll out for 4-6. to six. So West Ham is definitely an interesting team for me. I, I rate them quite highly and Bilic as a manager as well. And will that spark any transfers to you looking ahead to game week three? Are you going to make any changes? Now, I didn't. Uh, we haven't actually talked about our transfers before the show, but I did catch a little bit of a you know a hint when you were talking about um, Everton and, and uh, Liverpool. So uh, um, we might be on the same page here a little bit, but I am looking at um, jumping off the Christian Eriksen uh, train after what was a disappointing two weeks, and uh, looking at getting in uh, a player that I've talked about before, Ross Barkley from your beloved Everton. I think. 
He looks really good, has great job security in the middle of that um, Everton midfield. And with the, the set pieces now under his belt, I think he could definitely pick up a lot of returns in the next five to six game weeks. We, that fixtures are very favourable. I'll give you a quick read. Stoke, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Bournemouth, Palace. So very enticing fixtures. So I might just hold off until after um, Everton play. Um, I think they're playing tonight uh, in the, the cup. Did you say one? You'd probably know better than me. It's the League yeah, Cup, correct. isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I might just hold off just to make sure um, he gets through without any injuries. But yeah, I think we'll look to get rid of Christian Eriksen for Barkley this week. And I'll probably go on to hold my other free transfer as I didn't transfer in game week one and just carry that over to game week three. I'm using my transfer to do the same as you, bring in Ross Barkley. I got him in before the price hike. Bit risky, I know, but God, not much more can go wrong for me to start off the season, so I may as well take it. I, I, I don't think that Barkley will start, will he? Uh, he might come on as a sub. I doubt he'll start in the League Cup. No. I, I'm taking the cautious approach here, but I don't think he'll start. And I have opted to sub out... Roberto Firmino. So there you go. You've heard it here first. Bring in Firmino if you don't have him in your yeah, side. Pretty much. That's I did it with Gray. Yeah, that Spurs Liverpool game. When you, when when the big teams clash, it could either be a nil nil one one, a really cagey affair. It could end up like Liverpool Arsenal and just be an end to end show of attacking flair. But um, yeah, you look at using a second. Tra- oh, you did you use the first transfer. You've only got one transfer this week, don't you, Wombi? Yeah. yeah so, so no hits for you. Obviously. I've had a. Interestingly, no, no Zlatan plan for you, Wombi. Oh, I just, I just don't know what I'm doing right now. Hiding, really. behind, hiding behind the couch would uh, be the best thing for you, I think. Just uh, elect not to watch any Manchester United games. But they're so good to watch. And uh, I think with uh, those transfers out of the way, um, the best thing you had to go is captaincy options. And you have touched on Zlatan. And well, I can't touch on Zlatan, but if well, I, I had to I'll, my I'll, team, I'll I'd be take, considering. I'll, I'll take the role of uh, touching on Zlatan. Uh, right now, he is my captain this week. Um, against Hull City? Yeah, against Hull City, at Hull City. Look, it is a way. I do like to captain players playing at home. And and in years gone past, I have gone with the approach, live by the corn, die by the corn. But I think Zlatan is a beast of his own. The big Swede looks like he's going to score just about every game. And I think he's fresh right now. I don't think there's much chance of him being rotated for, for the next five or six weeks. International break coming up after this week. I think he did retire from Sweden after the World Cup. So have two weeks off after this. I think he'll play another full 90. And I think, look, if... United can maybe score in the first 25, 30 minutes. I think it could end up as an absolute rout here. Yeah, we could be looking at another four or five niller on the cards here. And look, if United are going to score four or five goals in a game, I'd say Zlatan would be involved in at least two or three of them. So uh, yeah, he's the captaincy option number one for me. Uh, as a non-Zlatan owner, won't be, um, I assume that you'll be looking at Aguero as option number one for you. I hope breaking your number one rule come back to haunt you and corn... At home, you've got. Just think about this for a second. Here. You're going against corn at home. Yeah, it, repeat it, that to yourself. It, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to fashion. I just think West Ham made West Ham have travelled Manchester City in the past, and Slaven Bilic is a manager that I respect and rate highly. So I think that he might just be able to, you know, maybe limit limit the damage there. Maybe you know, if they do lose, lose uh, in a bit of a one nil type fashion. Whereas I think the upside from that Manchester United and Zlatan captain's choice is definitely higher than Kuhn's this week. I, I'm not, I think Kuhn might be safer, but look, the captain's option is a chance to get ahead, and I think I might roll the dice on Zlatan. Jeez, you rolled the dice with your unique of the week last week, and that didn't pay off. I thought you would have learned your lesson there. 
look, um, we're going to roll the dice on those guys again. I think it's also worth looking at captaincy-wise, just real quickly. Um, another one to consider, Eden Hazard, obviously. It's a little bit of a riskier one with you know the two big boys up front in such good form. I know a couple of guys did captain him last week, but he's on penalties at home to Burnley. Um, if Chelsea do get going in a big-time form, you, with the midfielders, I think there's more upside there too. So Hazard could hit double figures with a single goal, which is you know not something that's really attrib- attributable to strikers. So Hazard probably another one to consider. And outside that, is there anybody else that's fa- fan- you fancy, Wombat? Maybe Lukaku at I home to Stoke. pretty yeah, much that's touched it there. Like, you but wouldn't it, jump on Lukaku. He hasn't shown the form maybe, to justify maybe it just Dush- yet. Maybe Dushan Tadic at home to, to Sunderland. I, I don't mind that. That's a bit of a, a, bit of a yeah. riskier one. As a Tadic, it's a risky one considering he hasn't done anything for us yet. As a, a Tadic, and I know that you only have two one, but I'm, I'm expecting big things from him this week. This might just be the uh, last chance he gets at home to Sunderland, um, and I might have to flick him if he doesn't return something here. But um, yeah, I on think the cusp. I think those big three are the guys that most people will be looking at for uh, the armband this week. Yeah, they are your big three, and I think Tadic will be captained by less than one percent of people. There's always one. There's, there's always one. It doesn't matter who it is. There's always one. You're a Chris Bompers of the world. There's 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 always one. That's We've all got I'll a say. few of them in our uh, fantasy regime league. A few that like to just there'll, go. There'll be somebody captaining. There'll be somebody captaining my unique of the week th- this week. That's for sure. Do you want to do? Do you want me to let you segue yourself in? Go go into your well, unique three. Who think, is it? I think before we touch on who our uniques of the weeks are, we should. Quickly run through the guidelines we have and the current score um, around our uniques of the week. Now, Making we, it a little bit more official. We did touch on this last week that we would come back with more official guidelines. Now, we have set them down as the players that we're selecting must be owned currently at the time of podcasting, uh, currently owned by less than 5% of teams, which I think is quite reasonable as a unique pick. Like at five, Less than 5% is quite minimal amount of teams out there. And um, what else is there, Wom? That's That's pretty much it. Uh, we yeah, you made it like you were going to bring out the, the massive rule. We, 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 that's we all we set. Yeah, we haven't really set out much other parameters. There's no uh, cap on price or anything like that or position. But um, yeah, less than 5%. And the current scoreboard between us, Wom, is that you are currently leading me. Although, 12 to 6. So you have doubled my score. So I do have a little bit of uh, work to do here. So uh, I'm going to trust this week as my unique of the week and as the player that one person is captaining somewhere out there, Salomon Rondon is my unique of the week this week. Owned by 3.6% of teams, scored in game week one against Palace. Um, another home game this week to Middlesbrough. So I think he might just lead that West Brom line to goals. Obviously, West Brom don't score a whole lot, but I think he's the only person that can just about score for West Brom and he's involved in anything. So if they are going to net, I'm going to trust in Salomon Rondon to do it. I must admit, Damon, I don't like that pick. <laughs> I really don't like it. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, you don't like it because it worries you and you're going to have to hide behind the couch again? Or you Don't just... like Rondon. Don't like West Brom. Shit pick. Not if it, well, who is your unique of the week then if my pick is so bad? Marco Arnautovic against Everton. So you're going, you're going against your beloved Toffs here? And the Toffs are at home too. Well, uh, that's saying a whole lot of things for that uh, Everton defence. Matt, we were, we've been playing Mason Holgate at centre back for now, so I don't, if I don't, there's going to be goals leaked, it's going to be right now. I don't mind it, but I don't love it. I, I, th- I did think that um, he was going to be on pens, Marco and Adovich, but Borean seemed to have uh, nicked them back off him 
took the penalty that- against Manchester City during the week. But um, yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. I'm, He's gonna have a week off, man. I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty happy with my pick actually. How many people? Are, what's the ownership on uh, Marko Andovic over there, Wombi? I think it was around two percent, one point eight, one point nine. Looking about the same ballpark, yeah. So that qualifies well. Um. It'll be interesting to see how that shapes out. Hopefully, I can uh, get a couple more points back off you. But the way this is going, um, your unique of the week is uh, killing me, but I'm killing you in the actual game. So, look at oh, that thing. Look, I spend more time on unique of the week. So if that, if that thing sticks fat, I'll be quite happy. But um, yeah, that, <laughs> that pretty much uh, wraps up everything in this podcast. I think um, been a good one, um, and I'm happy with the start of the season. One, well, you're not happy with it, but um, look, hopefully next time, this time next week, when we get back here, both of us uh, on the end of a successful week again. Yeah, already chasing tail, which really frustrates me. Sick of chasing tail in all these fantasy leagues. Well, as the host of this show, you you were on the other end of my advice to start Zlatan. Uh, you chose to go against that advice. So I'm going to say you really only have yourself to blame. And on that note, we're going to wrap up the show. <laughs> this has been the fantasy regime, your system to success, as long as you don't listen to me. I'm your host, Chris. You've been listening to Damon Markham. Thanks for having me again, guys, and I'll see you all next week. Catch you later.